Hello, and thank you for listening to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church of DeRitter, Louisiana, recorded at our 10 o'clock service on Sunday, December 24th, 2017. Our text for the day is Luke, the first chapter, verses 46 through 55, which are as follows. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for he has looked with favor on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed, for the Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise he made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Two weeks ago, I stood here and talked about I opened a sermon talking about the fact that peace is not the same as an absence of violence. Last week, I stood up here to start the sermon and I said, joy is not the same as happiness. This week is not quite that simple. For this week covers one of those subjects that if we're honest with ourselves makes no sense. And that if we truly look deep in our souls, we realize that love is one of those things that if I asked everyone in the room what love is, we would probably get to several several different definitions, some of which are all of which are circumstantial because they all have things to do with how we see life. The Apostle Paul wrote, among other things, that love is patient. Love is kind, and went forth, and so on and so forth. But the question is, why do we celebrate love today? What is so important about that fourth candle? One of the things that I talk with couples who come for premarital counseling or any kind of marital counseling is I ask them a question. I ask them, are you in love with each other? And especially with the premarital counseling, I say, oh, yes. Oh, oh, yes, we are in love. And then I'll say, well, do you love each other? Oh. I say, you do know there's a difference between two questions, don't you? We go from, oh, to, huh? Huh? What you talking about, preacher? I have this image of Gary Coleman from the late 70s whenever a couple says that. What you talking about with this whole love thing? The thing is, love in our language is is a verb to love someone. It's an adjective. Isn't that lovely? But it is also a noun. And it's in the noun form of looking at love that we talk about Christ today. Because here's the thing about those other things about love. Those are feelings. How many of you in the room have been married more than a day in your life? Raise your hands. How many of you have been married more than a day in your life? How many of you have felt that you are in love every day of your life? I'll rest my case. 
There is a reason why we have to look at love as a reality and not a feeling. There is a big reason why we have to look at love as a feeling, as a reality and not as a feeling. One thing my mother told me when Anna Catherine was born, and she actually told it to me 10 years ago when we were expecting Samantha Grace, but she reminded me of it when Anna Catherine was born. She said, son, I'm going to tell you what my grandmother told me. You will always love your child, but you will not always like your child. Any of y'all can relate to that? <laughs> I have one honest, so I'm like Diogenes. I'm finding one honest person in the room. But here's the thing. It's part of the reason why we grow so disenchanted at times with God. As we look at our relationship with God so many different ways like we do our relationships with each other, it's based on feeling. It's based on emotion. It's based on circumstance. And it's not rooted in reality. It's not rooted in tangible things. And part of the reason why the Christian calendar takes us from hope to peace to joy to love is to help us remember that what we are about to celebrate is not a feeling God had toward us. It is a reality that God loves us. And that love is real and it's concrete. That is why the Christ child is celebrated. That's why the Christ child came. That is why Jesus came and put up with a lot more from his friends. Remember he said to St. Peter, get behind me, Satan. And to Judas, go do what you have to do. Jesus knew love had to be a reality. Because when we are left to our feelings, we're going to wind up destroying ourselves or we're going to wind up destroying others. And in this little passage, it's so famous. The Luke 1 passage, Mary's Magnificat, shows us just a few brief things about why this reality, this love has to be a reality and not a feeling. She says, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for He has looked on me, looked with favor on the lowliness of His servant. Christmas makes no sense. Mary makes no sense. God makes no sense. Christ makes no sense. Because if we were doing this on our own, there's no way we would have written the script the same way He would have. How many of us get on our high horse and we start thinking about how things ought to be? Especially when it comes to our relationship with God, our relationship with our church, and our relationship to each other. God did not go and find someone who was universally respected to be the one who delivered the Christ child. God did not go to King Herod's daughter and say, I want maximum bang for my buck, so that's the one I'm going to use to bring the child in. No, it's not the God we worship. We don't worship the God that, we make, that makes sense. And what we learn in this very first sentence of Mary's Magnificat is that love is not rational. Love is not rational. Ask your 17-year-old grandson or granddaughter. Love, or just look at them. You don't have to ask them. Probably better if you don't ask them. But if you look at them, 
Love is not rational, which is why love has to be reality. Mary shows that love has to be a reality because love is not rational, because it made no sense. It made no sense for God to do this. It made no sense for Him to go. And you know, this is exactly what Mary looked like, right? I mean, this is a 100% actual replica of what Mary looked like, okay? But yet the joy is, if you go and you look at nativities from around the world, they all take on their culture. My friends in South America have a Mary that looks more like them. North Americans have this idea that Mary was a clean-cut white girl. My friends in Asia have a different Mary. Our friends in Europe have a different Mary. And the reason why that gift is so important is because Mary is someone with whom we can relate. Mary is someone with whom we can relate because we all know there's not one of us in this room that deserves God's grace and love. There's not a one of us in this room that has earned a dadgum thing. And yet Mary found what love is all about. Because, Christ, because God didn't look for the perfect circumstance. God looked for the appropriate vehicle. Love is not rational, or else God would not have looked with favor on the lowliness of His servant. He would have found the one that gets all the awards, but He didn't. We go through this Magnificat, we see, we see all these things going down, and He says, later on He says, He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. Love does the unexpected. Love does the unexpected. We live in a world. Actually, forget the we live in a world stuff. Let's go back to Christ's time for a moment. Who did Jesus tell was going to have the hardest time getting into heaven? The rich and the powerful. So the most tragic thing in the world it's when people of faith start getting wrapped up in the idea that their money makes them right. Because Jesus said right there in the Gospels, it's easier for, the eye, for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to get to heaven. Jesus was all about turning the world upside down. You would think after 2,000 years we've learned that lesson, but we haven't. God did not go and say to the rich and to the powerful, all right, this is who I've come to hang out with. No, Jesus' reality of love reached down to not only the little girl, but the little girl who was not married and the little girl that was untouched. She's the one that He used to bring the Christ child in the world. Let's go back to the nativity for a minute. Is this how you would have drawn it up? With the wise guys, the shepherds, Mary, Joseph, 
Is this the saying you would have created? Forget that for a minute. What saying would you have created if you were to bring the Christ child into the world? What would that look like? How would that work? God through Christ, through that reality of love, does the unexpected. What do we have to learn from that? Well, what do we do with our lives? What do we do with our love? What do we do with our actions and with our attitudes? How do we follow the Christ child? We'll get back to that in a minute. Third thing we see is that love is faithful and loyal. She recalls, He has helped His servant Israel in remembrance of His mercy, according to the promise He made to our ancestors, to Abraham and his descendants forever. Remember that love is faithful and loyal. The reason why we celebrate love this morning is because we worship a God who keeps His promises. We worship a God who says, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. God made a deal generations before Christ came that the Messiah would come, and He did. The question is, what are you and I doing? How, where is our love? Are we still looking at love as a feeling? Are we still reacting to God and to each other through our feelings? Are we going to start reacting to God and to each other via the reality of the love that is shown to us in the Christ child. Why love? Because there's no other way we can live life faithfully as disciples of Christ. Because if we try to live by our feelings, our feelings are going to betray us. If we try to live by our checkbooks, i got news for you, I've yet to bury anybody in their checkbook. I've seen plenty of people fight over that checkbook at a funeral. I mean, heck, even after we die, our money rips our families apart. And yet that's part of how we measure our success. It's part of how, hey, if i got money, i got power. No, you don't. Jesus has got the power, period. We have to get over that. The reality of love says it's not about the circumstance, it's about the Christ. The reality of love says that it is not about what we want, but it is about what God has done in Christ. The reality of love. And the reason why we celebrate that love is as a reminder that we have to be grounded in the reality of God's love, not in the fleeting feelings of a finicky moment. Imagine how... I want you to think for a minute about that relationship you have. It could be with a friend, it could be with a co-worker, it could be with a spouse, it could be with... Think about that relationship that you have that has gone off the rails because of feelings. And it grieves you and it breaks your heart because you know all you want is reconciliation and yet our pride and our feelings and all that stuff gets in the middle of it. We celebrate love. Because when we come to the Christ child tonight, when we come forward and we have the Holy Communion and we have our two stations and we're passing and we're going and we're coming down the aisle, we're taking communion, we are being reminded that love is a reality. And that love has to be at the core of everything. Because without it, 
there is no Christ. Without love, that communion celebration means nothing. Because the one whom we're celebrating tonight is also the one that we screamed on Good Friday, crucify him, crucify him. The one whom on Good Friday he said, forgive them, for they know not what they do. It is only when we ground ourselves and the reality of love that our relationship with God, our relationship with each other, and our relationship with the world is what it should be. And that is why we celebrate love this morning. Thank you for listening to this podcast of First United Baptist Church of the Ritter, Louisiana. You may find out more about us at fumcderitter.org.